0: My name is Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling. How are you, Craig?
1: I'm great, Brett. How are you this morning? Doing very well. Doing very
0: well. Uh, before I forget, just want to mention this right out of the shoot. June 6th. That was what day of the week was that? That was last Wednesday. We were at Tim Hortons, just over here on St. James. Tim Hortons sent a news release this morning saying yes. for camp day, mm-hmm. they raised over 13 million dollars. That's a ton of cash for youth to take part in life-changing camp experience. They've raised, in 25 years, they've raised $185 million for the Tim Horton Children's Foundation, and that's all because of your generosity, you listening to this radio station for going to Tim Horton's and buying uh, coffee. So good for Tim Horton's, good for Canada, and in the end, it's good for all the kids who get to benefit from this. We met a young woman who, uh, whose life was, in fact, changed because she went to Camp Day.
1: Yeah, she says that her leadership skills and where she comes from her focus and her worldview has really been altered from her time uh, spent first as a, a camp attendee and now as a camp counselor and her energy was infectious. And so, yeah, congratulations to everyone who participated in Camp Day. I I know Tim Hortons gets the moniker and everything, but I I think you outlined it perfectly there, Brad. It's uh, thanks to the generosity of uh, people like our listeners that make sure they they maybe go out of their way on Camp Day to go to Tim Hortons. I know a lot of us go there every single day, but I know there are people that went out of their way last Wednesday to make sure that they did go to make a difference for children's lives. In the meantime
0: you're having a coffee right now, maybe you'll be consuming a different kind of beverage tonight because there's a... Well, actually, there are a couple of big football games today. There's Fair one to say. locally right here in Winnipeg, of course. Blue Bombers, Edmonton, pregame at 5.30, and there's going to be a host, uh, 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 a smorgasbord, if you will, of guests on the pregame show. Randy Ambrosi, CFL Commish, will join Bob Irving live on the pregame show. Bob Irving and co., and uh, you're also going to hear from quarterbacks Chris Streveler, offensive coordinator Paul LaPolice, Buck Pierce, Weston Dressler, Edmonton QB Mike Riley, Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com, and more. That starts at 5.30. You're part of the, the pregame crew, right? Pregame crew and a
1: halftime show as well. So looking forward to a huge game, the Blue Bombers, with an opportunity. I would say it would be an upset, even though they're at home, to uh, defeat the Eskimos At IGF tonight, Chris Streveler, his first—this will be the, I would say, the topic of conversation. It certainly was at the golf tournament I was at yesterday. The conversation surrounded the Blue Bombers and Chris Streveler and the fact that he will be making the start tonight. A raw rookie, as we've been mentioning the first time since 1994, that— a quarterback in the Canadian Football League will come from college and then his first game on a roster will actually make a start. So this is this is a very unusual thing. I think it's more common in the NFL, believe it or not, for a rookie quarterback to come straight from college and make a start. Chris Strebler, the spotlight is on you tonight, sir, and we'll see how he handles that pressure, how he handles really the opportunity of a lifetime for him because this could you know, it's not going to make or break his career, but it could certainly set it off on the right foot if he were to have a, a good performance tonight. And there's lots of tools around him. So to imagine that the Blue Bombers uh, can't win tonight, I think would be foolhardy, but to imagine that they're favored tonight, that, that that also too, I think would be a mistake.
0: And as far as the Bombers are concerned, we actually have a couple of contests today. We do have a pair of Bomber tickets to give away. We're going to give those away If between 7 and 7.30, so wait for your queue to call on that. And also, if that's, of course, if you can actually go to the game and you can make it down here today by 4.30 to pick up your tickets. But we also are kicking off a new contest tonight. It's called the VIP Fan Experience Contest, and it's going to run from today right through to Monday, September 3rd. It is a text-to-enter contest. So the way that it's going to work is during the, the Bomber broadcast on 680 CJOB, there's going to be a code word that you have to listen for. Uh, so the way that it works is it's during the player profile. So when Bob unveils the player profile, the code word is going to be the last name of that player, right? Right. That's exactly
1: how it works. And then we are going to entice you to text in that code word. You'll have a window, 10-minute window of opportunity to do that during our program. And
0: then away we'll go. And that's it. And it, <clears throat> Excuse me. And then if you are selected for this, then the VIP Fan Experience will be yours. The prize includes two tickets to the Banjo Bowl, Saturday, September 8th, along with the VIP Sideline Experience, the much-touted Sideline Experience. Good start. I'll take that. You also get a bomber jersey featuring the name of your favorite player. That works out okay.
1: I like it. (laughs) Absolutely outstanding. So good luck to that. Make sure you're listening to the pregame show for uh, Kelly's player profile to get the keyword, the key name that'll unlock your opportunity to get involved in this uh, exclusive Contest here on 680 CJOB. And you mentioned football tonight, but there's also football at 11 o'clock this morning as the World Cup of Soccer gets underway in Russia
0: at Luzhniki Stadium. That's it's right. the host country, Russia, versus Saudi Arabia. And in fact, a prediction has already been made that Russia is going to win the match. <laughs>
1: That is true. I think there was a little coercion here from the handler. Of uh, uh, there was okay. We've seen the hippopotamus. We've seen the elephant. The monkey. We've seen a variety of animals over the years make predictions as to who's going to win a variety of different games. Usually, it's a World Cup that, that catches the most amount of attention. Achilles is a white cat. Kind of adorable for a cat. It's adorable. (laughs) What do you mean? Kind of.
0: I'm just
1: just kidding. You know, I I tease Saskatchewan and I tease uh, people who who love cats. I I, I don't love Saskatchewan, but I do love cats. Anyway, this cat uh, during the Confederation Cup in 2017 was perfect in its predictions. What? Yeah, chose Russia. They're calling it Achilles the psychic cat. And, uh, well, if you find the video, if you want the video, go to (laughs) globalnews.ca and the handler of the cat sort of gives it a little bit of a nudge to make sure that it chooses Russia, two food dishes, a flag of either country standing beside it with a little miniature soccer ball in between the two. And the cat is hemming and hawing if cats are capable of doing such a thing. And the handler kind of gives the cat a nudge. And of course ends up picking Russia to win the initial match. A huge game coming up already tomorrow. I know a lot of people, the third game of the day tomorrow, one o'clock, our time, Portugal versus Spain. It's going to be an incredible couple of weeks with all these games back to back to back. It's going to be fantastic fun.
0: The search for a missing Winnipeg man has taken a disturbing turn. Police confirmed yesterday they believe Eduardo Balakit was the victim of a crime, and it's now led investigators way outside the city.
1: Shifting their search from where Baliquet was last seen at work on Key Street to Arborg, Manitoba, some 115 kilometres to the north of our city. Here's Global's Joe Scarpelli with the latest.
2: In ditches and in gravel pits, the search for clues in the disappearance of Eduardo Baliquet has taken another turn. It has become an area of interest to the homicide unit. Police won't say what led them to the Arburg area and aren't aware of any family connections to that community, but say every odd footprint or suspicious tire marks are being followed. The grassed areas, the trees, the mud, the dirt. Balakwit was reported missing after he never returned home from his cleaning job the night of June 4th. His van was found in a different parking spot on Kuwaiten with a smashed passenger window. Homicide investigators were brought in, with police saying Wednesday they believe Balaquit was the victim of a crime. These
3: are some of the most difficult cases we deal with. The circumstances are somewhat confusing and complicated, might even say a little mysterious.
2: The family and hundreds of volunteers have been searching Winnipeg inside out since the disturbing disappearance, now taking their efforts about an hour and a half drive north where they'll help police spread this message to residents. There may have been something they've seen, maybe a vehicle parked on the side of the road, somebody acting suspiciously. Police admitting this search may not have the positive outcome everyone is hoping for.
3: Obviously suggests that we believe this may be a homicide, but we can't term you know, term the case a homicide yet.
2: Joe Scarpelli, Global News, near Arburg.
3: Now,
0: Global News also spoke with Balakit's son, Edward, about the expanded search.
4: We kind of expected it... Would- now that we uh, looked around the city, that it would be out of city. Um, hope, you know. I, it's it's a, a general direction that we didn't have before. It sounds like uh, we're getting a step closer to actually finding them.
0: Do you have any idea why the search may have gone here? Or does you, Do you or your dad or your family or friends have any connection out here?
4: No, um, unfortunately not. Uh, we don't know anything that, that brought them here. I mean, I'm sure the cops have uh, their... Uh, their reasons for being here. Um, I didn't pry into it because uh, it sounds like uh, they had their own investigation um, that that brought us here. Uh, whatever brings us to our end goal, which is uh, bringing my dad home. I mean, that's all I care about right now. Uh, all the details that uh, brought us here uh, could wait till after.
0: Once again, police asking Arborg area residents to call the homicide unit or Crime Stoppers if they note anything suspicious.
1: All right, I got to play this uh, commercial for you from uh, French's. They make mustard and ketchup. Have you seen these?
0: French's ketchup is made from 100% Canadian tomatoes and bottled right here in Canada. So do you French?
4: I do.
1: (laughs) This good looking French guy goes up to a food truck and asks this young woman if she French is, and it's uh, it, it's uh, charming, it's got uh, some subtle sexual innuendo, but it certainly is driving home the point that a French's ketchup is made here in Canada. Why are we talking about this? Well, Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland will reserve, resume, pardon me, her anti-tariff push in Washington today after denouncing what she called U.S. President Trump's absurd tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum during during a meeting with the U.S. Senate's Foreign Affairs Committee, Freeland delivered a big foreign policy speech while accepting a
0: Diplomat of the Year award last night. So today we're having coffee talking about buying Canadian. Have the NAFTA negotiations made you think more about keeping your cash in Canada and buying Canadian stuff? What's your favorite Canadian-made product? So, Jerry, why don't we start with you?
5: Um, La Femme du Monde beer and the Mons beer and Torque beer and... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where's La Femme du Monde from? Uh, Quebec. Okay, that's, uh, uh what's the, the company? Because they, they uh, have uni, a series... Unibrew. Unibrew, that's right. So they've got La Femme du Monde. What's, what, what kind is that? Uh, that's uh, a, Tripel. Okay. So like a, a triple. Okay. like a
5: triple fermented, uh, really nice beer.
0: Okay. And what's the other one that you mentioned? Mons. Which Mon? is
5: yeah, which is also from Quebec. It's M O N S. Um, it's a Canadian version of a Trappist beer.
0: Okay. So yeah. you like fancy beer. I like I like good beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it be not fancy. a knock. It's not a knock.
6: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Superman.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, anything you buy, Superman is actually made in the US.
0: Yeah. Or China. But he's created by a Canadian, is he not? Co created. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, hey, that's a solid lineup. Yeah, I, I, I'm right with them on the, the beer stuff, the <laughs> torque and the half pints and Fort Garry and any, anything basically made here in Winnipeg I'm, uh, I like.
1: Well, we've done a lot of, plenty of features on locally made product and how uh, Winnipeg entrepreneurs are really taking the bull by the horns here. You mentioned that hashtag, Brett. Yeah. And the whole idea is catching on to a certain extent, I think, on Twitter. I've seen lots of people who have declared their intention not to vacation in the United States uh, while this while this trade war takes place. Jeff, do you go
7: about any of this stuff consciously at all? Uh, well, I, I, I would be happy if I could go on vacation anywhere this year, but I can't, so <laughs> that's not, not an issue. Um, I honestly, I just sort of assume everything I buy at the grocery store comes from Canada anyways. It's all got French on the package. They don't do that in the States, do they? They like, do if
5: they're exporting it to Canada. Oh, yeah? So, I don't know. Yeah, no,
7: I guess I never really thought of it before. I have noticed even like if you buy like a Coors or a Budweiser, it says or Molson on there somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, that stuff's made in Canada still anyways, isn't it? Yes, that stuff is made in
1: Canada. Yeah. Just branded that way. Jeez, we used to have a common <laughs> common theme running here. That's we the got only beer thing we here. <laughs> Châtelet, are you going to break the trend here in terms of your favorite Canadian stuff and your uh. conscientiousness towards purchasing Canadian products. Well, it's
6: interesting. I've actually, as of late, I have been thinking a lot more about uh, specifically buying local and and buying Canadian. And, um, you know, I've been uh, used to buy uh, pretty dresses from this one American company, which now got bought over by a big American conglomerate. So I actually found a Canadian manufacturer who actually makes... Really, really nice and well-made dresses. Uh, so that's, like, on on my list now. Um, I love yarn. I love to knit. So I've actually found a local person who actually makes... Their own yarn. There's, there's several of them here, but my, my my all-time favorite Canadian product is made right here in Winnipeg. Uh, Morden's chocolates, Russian mints. Mm. They're they're Russian mints, but they're made in Winnipeg.
1: <laughs> Russian in name only.
6: And right? so those are like they're great because like you can give them as gifts and everybody loves them. Uh, people coming over, you can feed them, and they seem it seems to last for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at a text message from someone here, 204-780-6868 from Don, who says, French's is maybe made in Canada, but the tomatoes come from Mexico, and the bottles come from St. Louis. Don, I, I, I haven't looked into it enough, but I'm, I'm near positive that French's tomatoes are actually from Ontario. Leamington, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Leamington, Ontario. Very good. Jerry confirms. Yeah, we'll confirms. D- yeah,
1: we'll, d- we'll dig into that as well. But uh, according, I, I printed off a of Maclean's magazine, and now Maclean's not definitive authority on anything these days in a lot of people's eyes. But yeah, that's exactly what they say as well. Uh, that this is where these. Uh, these products come from. This whole idea of buying French's ketchup uh, came out of the fact that Heinz bailed on Canada a couple of years ago, right? No longer making ketchup here in Canada. And a lot of retailers, wholesalers, and restaurants are saying, well, you know what? No problem. We can switch to French's. Do, do you have a preference on
5: the ketchup? Uh, you know what? I did one of those blind taste tests once at the grocery store for ketchup. And uh, the one that I chose was actually President's Choice. Oh, yeah, and... and not act- Prime Minister's choice. No, no not Prime Minister's <laughs> choice. Hmm. Uh, but uh, they, they use Canadian uh, tomatoes as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, all, we, we all mentioned beer. You are a fan of a particular product that uh, hails from Gimli. That's right. Uh, Crown Royal, made
1: right here in our province. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I guess, is it Seagram's? Yeah. Uh, you know, was kind of, it was a innocuous, right? You didn't really know where it was made, but it's kind of interesting since the Jets came back to Winnipeg, Crown Royal has been advertising on the boards at Jets games and now they have a series of TV commercials that proudly boasts about the fact that this product is made in Gimli, Manitoba. So that's a little bit of a revelation. You had to, with a magnifying glass, look for where it was made and it would reference Gimli in a very odd font and you had to squint. And, yeah, yeah, that says Gimli. Now it's, it's very proudly made in Gimli, Manitoba. So I try to uh, support that product as much as I can.
0: Also, we've spoken to the guys over at Capital K Distillery on Dublin Avenue. They're the ones that make uh, the dill pickle vodka, which goes very well in Caesars. Well, their rum is now available. I saw it at the store the other day, so I'm just waiting for a time where I can treat myself to a nice bottle of Winnipeg-made rum. Fantastic.
1: Uh, French fries from Carberry. That's That's a thing. That's a, definitely a thing lots Is there of really? french fries. Yes. Okay. Lots of french fries here. So yeah, send us your products that you conscientiously make sure you buy Canadian Manitoban. We'd like to compile a little bit of a list here.
8: Yeah.
1: Joined now in studio by Davis Sanchez and Brody Lawson from the CFL Digital Media, along with the Wreck Claws. You heard a little bit of their music, and we were Thrilled to welcome Jenna and Stuart Walker into the studio for the very first time. Good morning, you guys. I could better f- fire on everybody's microphones. Brett McGarry <laughs> has been sequestered to the news booth. You've been a bad boy, Brett.
0: Yeah, I know. that We don't have enough room in our studio. It's five mics and we have six people. So it's one great- of us had to go. Well, it's
1: great to have everybody in the studio. This is an exciting time. Brody, why don't we start with you? You've been working really hard, both you and Davis, to uh, ramp up to this season. Opener. The CFL, of course, had uh, an incredibly exciting finish last year. No reason to believe that we're not going to pick up where we left off, is there?
4: Why wouldn't we? Like, of course we're going to pick up right, and it's going to start tonight here in Winnipeg. I mean, Davis and I have spent a ton of time this offseason talking about the storylines, getting ready for our new show, CFL Game Time. Uh, We were working out, doing the grind. Davis has been working on the waggle. You were watching me work out, which I mean, (laughs) online. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's no reason for it not to pick up. I think there were some big moves made this offseason. I think Davis was saying on the Waggle this week, every team, every player thinks that they're it. And I think that's what today is all about. I think there's so much excitement and I think fans should be feeling that. Yeah, Chase? yeah there's
8: there's no I think I've been around this league 25-ish years, but there's this year I think it has more storylines going into it. Uh, whether you're a CFL fan or or not, you always go into the season uh, the fans go in with an optimism, but this year, there's even if you're not a CFL fan, you have to be intrigued by some of the stuff going on around the league, and that's kind of uh, where I take it from. For my job, it's made it much easier um, just because of all the storylines and things happening around the league.
0: So, Brody, I uh, was uh, having a look at your Instagram story, and I saw some of the questions that you plan to ask in 20 questions. Yes. Uh, are you going to be asking those questions in CFL game time?
4: Uh, we'll definitely bring a little bit of that. So our, our segment 20 questions will live on the show, CFL Game Time. So some of those questions that you saw will be we're, today's episode. We have uh, that with James Wilder Jr. So we asked him all those great questions. What was your first car? What's your guilty pleasure snack food? All the things that CFL fans really, really want to know about well, the stars of this league.
0: Well, then I want to know from you. Okay. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts?
4: I do. I 100% <laughs> do. Ew. Yeah, I'm not even. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen one? (laughs) Always, I've heard one. I was staying at a hotel that was haunted. I was in New York State, and it was one of those. They're like, this hotel's haunted. It's old, and I was like, okay, it's all fine. And I went to bed, and I heard the sound of like marbles being dropped into my sink, and it sounded like my makeup had fallen over, and I I couldn't sleep. I was, but I was too scared to go look. I woke up the next morning. I remember saying to myself before I fell asleep, if there's nothing in there, if there's nothing in the sink. I know that it's real, and there's nothing in the single. Oh. No. And for the day, yes, I know. it's a t- nightmare. I totally do. I totally do.
1: Well, there's a reason that uh, question is on the list. Exactly. So th- mm-hmm. That explains it. Before we get to the rec and their sort of rookie debut, Chris Streveler is going to make his debut tonight. Davis, do you remember your first CFL game, how you felt the feeling surrounding
8: that? Yeah, a little bit different from being a defensive back. Uh, in my rookie year, to being you know being Chris Traveller right now, who's has the weight of the city of Winnipeg on his shoulders, it's, it's going to be a, it's special for him, for anyone to get their first start. But I think this is like we said, this is 24 years since a, a, a raw rookie from college has started a game under center. You know why it's been so long, and in CFL it doesn't happen. It's because of short training camp. It's, CFL has has a two and a half three week training camp. And there's just not enough time to learn everything if you're a linebacker, much less a quarterback. I mean, it's, you know, just to give a little bit of context, a guy. he might get a call from Paul LaPolice in the huddle, and he might have, you know, 15 options as he gets it on his wristband to come in. I mean, it's, it's just there's so much on his plate that uh, – it's, he's gonna. I say this. They tread water. Hopefully, and this defense has got to play lights out because this Winnipeg team is a great Cup contending team with Matt Nichols. They got to stay afloat with Strever in the meantime. And
4: Chesie, the last guy to do that out of college was Anthony Calvillo. Yeah,
8: like
1: no, no, no pressure, right? Crazy yeah. in terms of the, the comparisons.
0: We have joined in studio with us Brody Lawson and Davis Sanchez from the CFL. Brody, by the way, what time does uh, CFL game time launch today on Facebook?
4: That is going to be at 6.30 local, 7.30 Eastern for anyone that might be listening online um, on the CFL Facebook page. If you guys are having any trouble finding the link, you shouldn't, but just any of our CFL social media, it will be there. Please join us, guys. We are so excited about this show, and we're going to be joined by the Rec Laws tonight. It's too. going down in the pan. It's, it's going down. <laughs> we're and so she, excited. She
0: mentioned the Rec Laws, Jenna and Stuart Walker. They're from Cambridge, Ontario. They are also in studio with us, and we'll learn more about them in a moment.
1: We go deep, Jenna.
4: 1 a.m. <laughs> Boy, you're running out of time, say it. Go ahead and blur those lines. You might be nervous, still gotta earn it. One drink, I'm gone. And I regret it. Woo! So good. Chills, yeah. It's so good. It's too early for this right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if it's too early, I can't wait to see when the timing is perfect. <laughs> That's Jenna Walker, one half of the rec clause, the other half is Stuart Walker. They're both in studio with us and they're going to be making their debut Thursday Night Football Concert Series. They are here in Winnipeg. Welcome to our city. Is this your first time to Winnipeg?
9: First time first in the peg. Time. Oh, fantastic. Yes. You're
1: picking up on the vernacular already, Stu. Correct. I like yeah. that, brother. That's <laughs> fantastic. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and how did you get associated with the, with the CFL? Clearly, there's a relationship developing here. Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah, I mean, well, we're brother and sister. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, we signed with Universal Music Canada two years ago, which was really awesome, and that kind of opened doors for us, and we were working with an amazing team that's looking for opportunities for us to work with people and partner with people, and the CFL seemed like a perfect fit for us, so we're really lucky to be working with them.
1: Now you're, uh, you know, I don't take this the wrong way, Stu, you've got the right physique, right. good-looking guy. Did you ever play football once upon a time, or well, did play I, I, did,
0: I did play football throughout high school, um, but. I always say, if, if this music thing doesn't work out, I know a few people in the CFL now, so
11: maybe willing to willing to take me on to one of he the teams.
4: O line though.
11: Yeah. And I, was bit, I was a bit. In high school. I was a bit heavier in high school.
4: Exactly. Yeah. What? No. Okay. I'm for those enough. who can't yeah. see Stuart, he's not big enough to be an O-lineman. That's why it's a bit surprising.
8: No, no.
1: Davis, he's got the physique of uh, kind of a Chris Strebler, if we're making comparisons. Yeah, he's got a
8: little Strebler-esque. Strevler, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chiseled good luck. So Guys, uh,
4: Stu's head's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> <best, laughs> <laughs> we need to this we got to shut, that's shut that's these mics
0: off.
1: We'll up. shut it down. We'll shut, shut it down, shut down now.
0: Up. So I'm just looking at some of the stats for you know, the rec laws here, and I see that uh, Hometown Kids had over 3 million streams in the process. Long live the night, uh, more than two million streams thus far. currently top 10 Canadian uh, country charts. In, in terms of like streams is kind of the new frontier now, right? in terms of stats and whatnot. It used to be sales now. it's streams. So when you see the word million beside that on your stats, is that like that's got to be exciting. That was always a goal of ours, we had no idea what to expect, you write something and you put it out and you have no idea what the fans are going to think, and then you see that happen. And I think that our our management just told us it was like the second most streamed song in 2018 of any Canadian country song, which is crazy. So
4: so
12: far.
0: Yes, yeah, so far.
4: So,
1: well, can, Canadian country music obviously has some incredible pedigree, but I'm looking at the list of, of artists that you've opened for, uh, Luke Bryan. Uh, Dirk's Bentley, Brothers Osborne, Tom Rett, and uh, I hope I think I said that right. Yeah. And uh, High Valley, uh, but Blake Shelton, uh, <laughs> uh, he of uh, the voice. What was it like to interact with Blake Shelton once upon a time?
4: I mean, I, he's I feel like
10: he's just so down to earth. He's a really funny guy. Um, so not that's like real. We, yeah, not like we really got to hang out with him. I mean, you meet them briefly, but he seemed really cool, really yeah. down to earth. And yeah. like
0: before his show, like some people like have to like be backstage and like not talk to anybody like, oh, right. don't, don't bother them. And we look over and Blake's with his entire band and team and they're playing basketball in the back, like the back, like section of the stage. It was amazing. <laughs>
4: like sweating like, so full hard.
0: On. Yeah, he's well,
1: huge. It's great to have you guys here. You'll be back on Monday to play at uh, Red River. And we're looking forward to uh, a successful season all the way around Brody and uh, Dave it was great to uh, have you in studio, Brett.
0: Brody Lawson, Davis Sanchez from CFL Game Time 6:30. You'll see that on the CFL Facebook page live. I was born in, a small town,
1: and I in a small town. It's our weekly attempt to cure perimeteritis. Greg Mackling, <laughs> Brett McGarry with you on this Thursday morning. It's Blue Bomber Game Day, but we're gonna take you for a trip. Somewhere I don't know if I've ever been before. It's our small town salute to burn Manitoba. Small town salute is for South Beach Casino and Resort, where service sets them apart. SouthBeachCasino.ca.
0: Just to give you some background, to give you a peek behind the curtain. Yesterday, we're in our post-show meeting, and someone says, "You guys have a small town salute yet?" No, and we immediately go. Bo- Greg and I both go to our phone. We ended up on the Travel Manitoba website and, and we both kind of at the same time turned and looked at each other and said, how about this? It's the Dark Sky Preserve Stargazing Party. This is hosted by the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada and the Nature Conservancy of Canada. It's happening Saturday night starting at 9 o'clock in Stuart Byrne. We thought this sounds like a cool event, so let's get some information on the event and Stuart Byrne itself. So we're joined by two guests. We have... Lucy Maynard, C.A.O. of the R.M. of Stuart Byrne, as well Tim Teetart, who is Natural Area Coordinator for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Lucy, uh, we'll start with you. Good morning to you, by the way. Thank you for joining us.
13: Good morning to you.
0: Stewartburn, where is it?
13: Um, it's about an hour and a half southeast of Winnipeg along Highway Two Hundred One. How many people? Uh, in Stuartburn, yeah, you're looking at about 30 homes, maybe.
1: So it's, uh, do we call it a town? Do we call it a hamlet? It sounds absolutely lovely.
13: It is a hamlet. It has the Rosa River going right through it, and that's the start of the uh, Rosa River canoeing and kayaking route.
0: Have you lived there your whole life, Lucy?
13: I do not actually live there. I just work there at the moment. <laughs> well, oh, fantastic.
0: <laughs> Are you an interloper?
13: I am, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the geography you just kind of touched on it there uh in terms of the Roseau River, but what other things what what keeps people occupied year round in that part of our province, not necessarily right in the heart of downtown Stuartburn <laughs>
13: well there you know Stuartburn is part of the r m and there's uh, the town of Vida which is the hub and it has the bank and the grocery stores and the gas station um, in Stuartburn itself there are some uh, homegrown businesses there as well as the Interpretive Centre which is uh, part of the Nature Conservancy of Canada and uh, there's a lot of hiking trails a lot of nature type things to do there
3: Well,
0: let's check with Tim who is with the Nature Conservancy of Canada Tim, the Dark Sky Preserve Stargazing Party First of all what is a Dark Sky Preserve?
14: Sure. Uh, dark Sky Preserve is an area accessible to the public in which uh, all lighting fixtures which within its borders uh, minimize their contribution to light pollution.
0: How big is the area?
14: Uh, the area we're looking at is about, uh, we're still uh, figuring out uh, the designation uh, kind of size for the preserve, but it should be about 10,000 acres.
1: So that's a sizable uh, piece of, of, of land to be devoid of, of any any light pollution. I was just talking with Brett before we came on the air, and he says, I can't wait to talk about this. And we were both sharing experiences about being in places where there is no light pollution. Tell us what we're missing, if, if you can put it into words, Tim.
14: Oh, sure. Um, what's interesting about uh, this dark sky uh, preserved designation and in the RM of uh, Stuart Burn or the initiative for that is that uh, usually uh, sites with very dark skies are located far away from urban centers where uh, the RM of Stuart Burn, as uh, Lucy indicated, is just over an hour away from the city. So there's great opportunity to bring people into that area.
0: So what is it about then uh, being outside, being away from the city and the lights and, as you call it, the light pollution uh, what, what can you see that you normally can't if you're in the heart of Winnipeg?
14: Well, uh, virtually all biological systems have evolved in an environment of alternating light and darkness. Uh, humans and wildlife are affected by light pollution. Uh, there's been research that shows that light can pollute, the environment can confoundly affect ecosystems. Often we don't realize the obvious, that the world is different at night and that the natural uh, patterns of darkness are as important as the the light of day to functioning processes. So within that area, uh, an example is the Western Prairie Fringed Orchid, which is a globally imperiled, which means uh, it's at a high risk of extinction.
0: What is it? What was it called?
14: Uh, The Western Prairie Fringed Orchid. It's a flower uh, with about 50% of its global population found in and around the arm of It's primarily pollinated at night by uh, the nocturnal sphinx moth. Um, it releases a sweet fragrance at night that attracts these pollinators, uh, which only number a few in species and uh, as they're not as abundant as other uh, butterfly and moth families. There's actually been uh, very few th- uh, field observations made of the orchid being pollinated by these moths. And this pollination process can be disrupted by light pollution. Wow. There's also, yeah, there's also, uh, this summer, there's another research project uh, starting in the area, looking at the Eastern Whippoorwill, which is a threatened bird species in Manitoba. Uh, it's also a nocturnal long distance migratory bird that commonly uh, uses dark skies, both for foraging and migration. And the research is looking at the effects of light pollution and urban development on their migration routes.
1: So, Tim, before we, we let you go, we want to know a little bit about what the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada is going to be doing uh, coming up on the 16th.
14: Sure. Uh, so, uh, we have a uh, stargazing uh, party scheduled for this Saturday. Uh, weather permitting, uh, it looks like it might be cloudy. Um but uh, for the past few years, uh, we NCC has been supporting uh, the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada's initiative to have the area within the RM of Stewartburn designated as a star uh, dark sky preserve. So the event is scheduled uh, to start at 9 p.m. with an information session for uh, local residents about the dark sky preserve designation and how they can be come involved, uh, which is easy, as easy as uh, kind of changing their yard lights to be more dark sky-friendly lighting. So for MCC uh, and uh, from a conservation standpoint, Dark Sky Preserve, uh, which would incorporate our lands, uh, would allow for uh, the establishment of reference sites and benchmarks where light pollution effects on uh, the ecosystem are minimized.
0: All right, so that's Tim T. He is Natural Area Coordinator for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. There's also going to be a binocular tour, and some members of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, Winnipeg branch, are going to have some members out with their telescopes as well. And it's going to go until midnight, as Tim mentioned, weather provided. Lucy Maynard, also one of our guests, the CAO of the RM of Stuartburn. Lucy, if, if we were driving through the area, uh, is there a restaurant? that you might recommend?
13: Um, Yes, there's two of them. You'd have to continue on to Vida. There is Eva's uh, Hospitality Restaurant as well as the Vida Hotel.
0: Do they have a specialty? Like, do you have a favorite dish?
13: Um, Well, Eva's makes very yummy homemade buns, so they go very well with the burgers. And the hotel has uh, delicious
1: poutines. Oh, so. poutines. Do we get pierogies at either of these places? Because you're kind of in you... that in the pierogi <laughs> belt there, shouldn't you be?
13: Yes, they are. Uh, the Vita Hotel offers the pierogies.
1: Very good. Hey, this has been uh, a, a genuine education. Thank you for this, Lucy.
13: You're welcome.
0: Lucy Maynard, CAO of the RM of Stuart Byrne, which is hosting the Dark Sky Preserve Stargazing Party by the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada and the Nature Conservancy of Canada on Saturday night, starting at 9 o'clock, Weston Family Tallgrass Interpretive Centre. We were also joined by Tim Tetart, Natural Area Coordinator for the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Seriously, if you never get a chance to see the sky outside of the city lights, you're missing out. Not only does the CFL
1: season get underway at IGF tonight, the World Cup Starts in about three hours, nine minutes. Three hours?
0: Might be two. Is
1: it 10 o'clock? I think it's 11
0: o'clock Eastern. It's 10
1: o'clock our time. I believe you are bang on. Saudi Arabia and Russia getting underway in Moscow. FIFA fever headed to Canada, as we told you yesterday. We talked and spoke about it all day long on 680 CGOB after North America won a joint bid to host the 2026 World Cup. North America beat out Morocco in what was that country's fifth
0: attempt to become a host country. Wow. That's like, they're like the Buffalo Bills of uh, the World Cup. (laughs) The working blueprint calls for Canada and Mexico to host 10 games each, while the U.S. will stage 60 Canadian host cities include Edmonton, Toronto, and Montreal, and the announcement came just a day before the 2018 World Cup kicks off in Russia.
1: In just a few hours, flags will be flying from car windows, homes and businesses, colors of 32 nations, except a few key ones, and I'm really not trying to dig the knife and twist it at all in Italian, Uh, (laughs) ones that usually get the fans here in Winnipeg going. Here's Global's Austin Siragusa, as you might guess, he's Italian, now with more.
9: Uh it has TVs to watch each match and cards for the fans passing time between each round of the beautiful game. While XQ's is still planning to have World Cup parties, for some it will be a somber mood. Oh,
14: you want me to tell you I cried?
9: Mike Episcopo has been a fan of Italian soccer since birth, which means he's never had this feeling before. Uncertainty of who to cheer for now that his team is out.
14: Italy is not there, but I guess I'll be cheering probably for Germany my my son-in-law
9: is german. Italy isn't the only world cup staple that's out. The Netherlands also failed to qualify, so did the United States. But if you're a Manitoban looking to reconnect to your roots, there's still a long list of favorites to cheer for, including Germany, France, Spain, Portugal, England, Brazil, and Iceland. This will be Iceland's first time in the World Cup, meaning it's the first time Stefan Christiansen has been able to cheer for Iceland on soccer's biggest stage. It's amazing. You know, we're the 340,000 people, and it's it's unbelievable. The team is doing amazing. Um, it's a great it's a great thing for such a small community to do. And somewhere cheering in the middle are fans who are a little lost but still in love with their game.
14: It was a real festive time, especially back in 2006. Um, Yeah, we'll miss that Italian crowd, but uh,
9: every other crowd is welcome here. Austin Suragusa, Global News.
0: Now, many Manitobans will likely be enjoying a cold one or two while watching the (laughs) World Cup, but the problem, some of those games start early in the morning, and bars are only allowed to start serving alcohol after
1: nine. Not so fast, Brett McGarry. The Liquor and Gaming Authority of Manitoba has decided to permit some establishments to start serving alcohol A few hours earlier, here is Liquor and Gaming Authority Manitoba spokesperson, Lisa Hansen.
15: What we have done is we received requests from several licensees for an extension to their liquor license. We evaluated those requests and have approved an extension for licensees who do apply to us to open for liquor service at 7 a.m. That should accommodate most of the games. There is the one game that starts at 5 a.m., which is quite early. And as a regulator for adult products, we always try to balance carefully the interests of the community as well as public safety. So the decision was made to uh, extend hours to 7 a.m. to accommodate most of the games. But the 5 a.m. game, we will not be approving extensions on that day.
0: Hansen says so far they've received six requests for earlier hours, all from bars located in Winnipeg. Uh, shall we assume that one of those would be the King's Head?
1: I think that's a safe assumption. Yep. We'll double check with them tomorrow morning. How's that's that? right.
0: Let's do that. <laughs> uh, five of them have been approved, with the sixth currently being processed. However, there's no deadline to apply. They
15: can do it at any point during the game, there, there is no, no deadline. Um, that too recognizes the flexibility for businesses who maybe up front have decided they won't open early, but maybe if there's interest in their their community may choose to. So we will accept applications for extensions at any time during the World Cup for the days on which games do occur.
0: I know guys you used to go just get up and go watch English uh, Premier League early on a Sunday morning, uh, have breakfast and uh, uh, Guinness, I guess. While they were watching the soccer, so
1: one and the same, are they not? Breakfast You know what and Guinness has Actually, breakfast? Guinness
0: is I, I I have tried so hard to like Guinness at least five times, but it is very good for you. It's just packed with nutrients and stuff. Have you proved the goodness
3: in a Guinness? There's only one way to do it. Try a Guinness a day for a while. And enjoy proving that Guinness is good for you.
1: It's a meal in a glass. I just don't like it. Guinness is
8: good for you.
1: You know what? I know I have my affections for Foo Fighters and for Van Halen, but man, I love Queen. I love when you slip a Queen song in there, Jerry. So do I. Yeah, your, your, your favorite is becoming one of my favorites without question.
0: Yeah, this is a, a sweet Brian May reference. It's so, so slick, man.
1: Over the history of City Council, they've kind of done their budgets year-to-year, year, Brett. Yeah. There is a recommendation to change
0: that somewhat. Yeah, they've been looking at making changes into the process. Results of a report recommending the city make one budget to cover several years rather than doing it annually. Last Friday, finance chair and city councillor for the St. James Brooklyn's Weston Ward, Scott Gillingham, Spoke with 680 CJOB's Jeff Courier about the report.
7: We, the politicians, we, the elected officials, called for this report. In our 2018 budget, as we adopted that budget, uh, I've been working with our chief financial officer, Uh, the mayor supported this as well and and asked him to come back to council with this report and what this report really does is it takes a look at uh the merits and and the the value of doing longer term budgeting and when i mean longer term budgeting of course as uh, as you, you know and probably many of the listeners know is that winnipeg has to adopt as all municipalities do a balanced budget every year so our projected expenses must match our projected revenues we do that year by year but instead of doing it year by year if we did a longer uh budget view and adopted four years of balanced budgets that would enable us as i said to to kind of take a a longer view of all revenues that the city will need and and all expenses as well that the the city you know is, is projecting to incur if we're
1: looking at major infrastructure projects, half a decade, a decade or more in advance, why not the budget process? Well, to get the counter view on this, joined by Brian Mays, City Councillor for St. Vitel. And uh, your opinion on this, Councillor Mays, uh, contrary to that of Councillor Gillingham, fair to say?
3: Uh, yes, uh, and by the way, thank you for the Brian May intro with the Queen into Brian May's. Appreciate that. But the uh, yes, my my view is is a bit different from Councillor Gillingham's on in terms of the the value of a of a four year process. Why is your
0: view different on this?
3: Well, I think a couple of things. I mean, in theory, it sounds great, except that number one. Uh, I just think it hands over a bit too much power to the unelected officials to map out this roadmap for us for years when I think we should be going back to the public every year and consulting with the public. And number two, our second biggest source of revenue is other levels of government, uh, mostly the province, and they do an annual budget. So I think to, to... map out a roadmap for four years when you really don't know what's going to be coming from the province makes things, you know, it it is good in theory, but I just don't think in reality that's the way that the federal and provincial governments work. So, you
1: know, we have a city plan, our Winnipeg plan, and it looks at uh, future development as it pertains to housing and infrastructure. That obviously looks uh, a decent way into the future. It gets altered as we go. Sometimes to a lot of people's frustration, it gets altered. Is there not a way maybe to to find a compromise here, Councillor Mays, in terms of maybe finding a four-year plan fiscally for a a majority of expenditures? So at least there's a sense that we know where we're going uh, in the intermediate term.
3: Yeah, and we do right now have a five-year capital plan. So something like the big road work on Firmore this year has, has been on the books since I was elected seven years ago. It's been you know, marching toward us through the budget. So it's good to have that plan. Uh, my concern is the locking something in for multiple years and then saying to um i mean th- this plan even calls for us to set the 2023 budget which is after the next election and you know there could be people elected on very different uh, priorities in 2022 it, so I, I just think it's overreaching a bit is there a compromise gilliam is a very decent guy very honest uh, colleague so yeah we may be able to work out something i just don't want to lose the ability to talk to the public, to come back each year, and to to try and uh, set some priorities each year.
0: What prompted this report to even get looked into in the first place? What led to the public service to look into multi-year budgets?
3: Well, I think the mayor, uh, I mean, it was in our budget. Uh, All budgets are compromises, so this was never something I uh, called for. I think for the mayor and Councillor Gillingham there, I think trying to get some more certainty so they can go to the province and say, let's get some more certainty from, from the province. Uh, from my take though, it's it's a bit unrealistic when the other levels of government are setting annual budgets to say, hey, we're we gonna try and lock things in for, for several years. And then people say, well, no, it's not locked in, you can tweak it. Well, what does that mean? Somebody defined tweaking for me. So, uh, I mean, I remember in 20, 2013 budget, I called for more transit security officers. That got rejected. The next year we put it in. So I'd, I'd hate to lose the chance to go to bat for certain issues uh, each year. I, I think it, you know, in theory it's it's a, it's a good idea, but the way other levels of government work and the way our priorities shift. Uh, as things emerge, I think you have to have some flexibility.
1: Yeah, and uh, you kind of highlighted uh, with a great example there, Counselor, the idea that, yeah, you might be locking in some certainty in terms of cost, but you may be locking out some programs that become necessary because of uh, changing uh, conditions, whether it be population, uh, crime rates, or otherwise uh, in our community. And so all of a sudden now, when's the next opportunity to bring this up as a potential priority and an expenditure uh, that wasn't foreseen, even let's say eighteen or twenty-four months prior to the these budgets sort of being locked in.
3: Yeah, and that that's exactly right. And that's I mean, and, and especially for someone like me who was elected in a by-election in the middle of a term, you you don't want to show up and be told, oh, well, you missed by a month, you missed our budget process. Uh, so for the remainder of the term of office, you know, you won't get to vote on a budget. I I don't really think that's fair to the the or to the public. So. Um, we do have a long-term capital plan. My concern has just been with, um, frankly, handing over more control to the unelected staff. I, I I have a town hall meeting every year on the budget. Uh, I'm proud of that, and I, I want to keep that going.
0: Brian Mays, one more question for you here. When do we find out if this is something that the city's going to do?
3: Pretty soon, I guess. The vote at council will be, uh, I think it's next week that we have a council meeting. I think on the 21st. So, um uh, we'll, that'll go to a vote and uh, we'll see how that comes out.
1: I bet you can't wait for that construction to be done at Firmore and St. Anne's. As uh, anticipated as it's been, I think people uh, will be just as happy when it's through and
3: done with. Yes, I think that's <laughs> a fair comment. Uh, getting a lot of calls, so that's fair, that's democracy. So, uh, But yes, the end of that construction will, uh, I will look forward to that.
1: We'll uh, have some champagne with you. Councillor Mays, thank you for this. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Brian Mays, you. city councillor for the St. Vitel Ward. His opinion on possible changes to, cities, to the city's budget process, looking at multi-year budgets. I don't know if
1: there'll be any water, but there'll be some smoke, thanks to our next guest. You'll want to get there early because there's going to be a lot going on, including... A lot of fun before you even get to your seat. In fact, we have moved our broadcast location for the pregame show, Brett. We used to be on the concourse. Yep. Now we're going to be right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of the tailgate party in the southeast corner at
0: IGF. And you are going to want to stop at the ta- tailgate area, which is now known as the Lux barbecue company smoke pit for today they're going to be live bands food and a chance to win an awesome prize so to give us a preview we're joined by phil Squarey, president of Lux barbecue company and Lux furniture company phil how's it going doing great thanks for having me thanks for coming in so tell us about this smoke pit
11: yeah, we were we're super excited. We've uh, come on as a sponsor of the the uh, tailgate area, which is like as you said, branded Lux Barbecue Company Smoke Pit this year. Yeah, and they're going to be cooking some really good food on some smokers out there, and uh, obviously we're going to be there just to answer questions about smokers and other things, and giving away some great prizes, some big green egg, a Traeger smoker. And, uh, was just,
0: that a, a big green egg? Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh. remember we cooked that that
1: steak out here uh, about three summers ago? Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. incredible yeah. on the big green egg. Yeah,
11: that was a big two-inch thick ribeye I think oh, we cooked out there. Amazing. Yeah, so big green egg, just a charcoal cooker, and uh, and then obviously a Traeger wood pellet fired grill. So we're going to be giving away some of those uh, in-store and in the tailgate area you can enter to win. So it's going to be lots of fun.
0: What's the difference? And I am... I, I, um I don't know anything about grills, smokers, barbecues, whatever. I can barely barbecue a burger. What is the difference between a smoker and a barbecue?
11: I think a smoker is more low and slow. I I always say anything that you cook more than half an hour. So anything that you'd cook at a lower temperature for a longer period trying to infuse the meat with smoke or vegetables. We do have vegetarians that like to smoke their veggies as well. So, yeah, Yeah. so that's kind of the difference, I would say.
1: Has smoking has that become more popular, Phil, over the last uh, half dozen years or so?
11: You know what? We're finding a big trend going back to charcoal. So, like you know, the old hibachis that our parents used to pour lighter fluid on and light. We we try to avoid that now. But yeah, you're you're totally right. We're we're seeing a, a big resurgence of charcoal and wood wood fired cooking, pizza ovens, everything like that. Anything that's more cooking off a natural. Source.
1: Well, and the whole idea of living outdoors, extending our living space into our backyards, uh, turning our yards into resorts and kind of getaways all on their own. That's a gigantic trend right
11: now. Sounds like a marketing uh, ploy for my company. Here. <laughs> thank, thank <laughs> you Sorry, for that. man,
1: but it's true. I, I just, you know, I witness it firsthand. We're, we're really changing how we're living because we used to hibernate in the winter. And then as soon as the first sign of mosquitoes came along, we'd be back inside uh, for the most part.
11: It's totally true. You know, uh, the way my family is is with our companies and stuff right now. We don't have a lake to go to much. So, you know, we, we spend our time in our backyard and I, I barbecue three, four days a week now and I'm not very good. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're passionate <laughs> about barbecues, but uh, I'm, not, I'm definitely not one of the cooks. We don't enter any competitions for a reason. So you mentioned
0: <laughs> this resurgence to charcoal and other more natural form or ways to cook, what's with the resurgence?
11: Um, you know, what, I think just uh, maybe just people learning more about, like, like, all the culinary shows that are on TV now. Like, I, I I can't believe every time I go on the Food Network, there's another barbecue show, uh, you know, a Pitmaster series or something like that. So I think there's just just marketing and just driving that business back towards the way people started to cook. Yeah, I think that's the big reason.
1: It's not just for uh, Kansas City anymore, you right? Barbecue it. is is something that's uh, taken hold right across North America. So we mentioned the big green, green egg, and I think it's something that a lot of people like to get their hands on. You're going to give people an opportunity to do that, right? We've got a contest to uh, deliver one of these green eggs, and uh, speaking, of de- I mean, you just deliver it right to the back door. How are we giving this thing away?
11: Well, from what I understand, when you uh, enter the tailgate area, they'll be giving you opportunities to enter to win, um, and then at the last game of the, the last home game of the year they're going to be drawing raffling it off right on field. So and then for us as well uh in-store entries to win for the Traeger pellet grill. So two great prizes uh and great ways to enter.
0: So the Lux Furniture Company while we're here, uh you we know, we're here to talk about barbecues, but Lux Furniture <laughs> Company, what 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 kind of furniture do you sell?
11: We sell all kinds of furniture. So, our, uh, our store on McPhillips is 24,000 square feet. Uh, bottom level is outdoor furniture, top level is indoor furniture, leather, fabric, everything outdoor. You know, we custom make our cushions um, made to order. So, yeah, we, we do it all. We're a full on furniture store.
1: We've been talking uh, an awful lot since Brett and I uh, paired up on our afternoon show. And now since we've been on Mornings, we like to highlight local success stories and local business. And and Phil, you're obviously uh, right at the top of that list. Why this... uh, why this relationship with the Blue Bombers now, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic when you see these relationships with local companies, with the local sports teams.
11: You know what, I, I grew up playing uh, hockey and lacrosse, so there wasn't much tailgating going on. Um, my partner at the barbecue store, Evan, uh, you know, he's a huge football fan and I'm telling you, he took me down to Nebraska Cornhuskers game. He went to Nebraska. Oh, my oh, my gosh. Gosh. He loves the Cornhuskers. There was 100,000 people, I think it was 90,000 people there. I, I've never seen anything like it and the The party started two days before the game did there's private jets flying in from everywhere And I was like this is culture like this is this is what we want to create and I think Wade Miller and the Winnipeg Football Club have sort of realized that, and I think they're going to start to go towards that. We we have some major different laws down here, about where you can and can't drink, as opposed to Nebraska, where they shut down the whole city. But you know, I think we're working towards a uh, better atmosphere and better culture like that, and we just want to be a part of it. It suits our lifestyle brand of of the barbecue. So,
1: well, you really painted a great picture there, my uh, my neighbor across the street, Kelly's building his whole summer vacation around going down to Nebraska to see a game down there. Uh, thanks for this, uh, Phil. Hopefully, we'll see you down. We'll down uh, see you down at the Bomber game yep. tonight. And it's not the tailgate area anymore. It's the Lux Barbecue Company Smoke Pit. Can't wait to, to uh, crank it up a little bit tonight. We'll be down there in our shirts.
11: Looking forward to seeing y'all.
0: Earlier this morning... Between 7 and 7.30, two of our guests in studio were the REC Jenna and Stuart Walker from Cambridge, Ontario, rising Canadian country stars. They are going to be performing tonight at the Bomber Game at Investors Group Field as the CFL season kicks off. Our broadcast, by the way, at 5.30, kick off around 7.30. But they're also going to be performing on Monday, June 18th, opening for the James Barker Band. At band at the Red River X, which begins tomorrow at... Cinnaboy Downs, right by Cinnaboy Downs. You betcha. Looking forward to
1: uh, this special time of year. It's a rite of passage, beginning of summer. Right, Jody? This is the way a lot of Manitobans mark the beginning of summer is with the Red River X.
10: Absolutely. We kick off summer tomorrow. You you think it's the Bomber Game tonight, but it's tomorrow at the Red River X <laughs> at noon. Um, and we run for 10 glorious, sunny. Days.
6: <laughs> fingers, Is that a fingers crossed. <laughs> um, uh,
10: and uh, there's so much for families to come and be a part of uh, over the next 10 days, including our main stage concert series. Lots of country concerts this year, which will be fantastic. Um, uh, people are welcome to come out and bring their lawn chair. We've got lots of benches and uh, park themselves and listen to some great. Music on the main stage and various areas around the park.
1: So that's part-time meteorologist Jody Johnson. <laughs> she is communications and marketing manager for the Red River Exhibition.
0: So one of the things that jumped out to both Greg and I as you handed us the uh, the Red River X pamphlet, which, by the way, before I get to that, for me when I was a kid, the Red River X was always the beginning of summer. Awesome. Uh, so Thanks, that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that <laughs> was kind of a reminder for me of what it was, what it felt like, but. On page three, there it is, The Zipper, and Greg and I... It sounds like Greg and I both had bad experiences. Greg, what was yours? Oh, I just don't... I don't
1: like that fact that it moves so unpredictably, and I can remember being on The Zipper with my girlfriend at the time, and U2's With or Without You is playing, and in order to try and hide my nervousness, I sang that song at the top of my lungs. So uh, that would have been at least... Thirty years ago and i remember it i can close my eyes and i'm right back on the zipper there are those that love it those that hate it you have two that may be not the best uh, yeah. experience i don't want to
0: say i hate it i've only been on it the one time and the one time i was, was on off? it i think i'm i might have just been too big already because I, I was a teenager i was i'd already crossed the six foot mark and i i I don't, maybe, like I said, I don't know, maybe because it was the only time I'd been on it, didn't know what to expect, but I bashed, I kind of banged my head and I thought, yeah, you know what, That's, this ride isn't for me, I'll just find something else. There's something for everyone there.
10: Absolutely. It's the world's largest traveling midway, so there is lots of things, lots of great rides for people, whether you're, um, a, you know, you're reckless or a little, like a, a gentler ride on the Ferris wheel. So yes, there is something for everyone.
0: I like fast rides.
10: We've got lots of those.
0: Too. Do you want to go faster? <laughs> Polar Express, is that
1: do still you it sure go is. Faster? It's, it's
10: there as well. Uh, along with all kinds of great um, uh, community involvement events, so people may be looking for some um, entertainment. Uh, we've got uh, performances on our community stage, so we encourage uh, you know, folks who do Zumba and karate and fiddlers, they're all welcome to perform our, on our community stage, which is fantastic. If you're into for some competition, we have a brand new youth talent competition on the final oh, Sunday nice. where we're giving away $10,000 oh, in prize wow. money. So... Yeah, we got uh, something for everyone, as you say.
1: Yeah, it's, it's ju- not just the Midway, right? So many people associate Red River X with the Midway. And I know even uh, when I lived in Calgary, and you talk about the Calgary Stampede, and they talk about the greatest outdoor show on earth, there's so many auxiliary and ancillary events that go on around these exhibitions, around really what is Winnipeg's country fair, right?
10: Absolutely. And people ask us for animals, animals, and more animals. And yes. so we answer that with um, an animal encounters area where kids can get up close uh, to lots of different kinds of farm animals um, and learn a little bit more about them. They also learn a little bit about where their food comes from with our Prairie Town Adventures area. We have a horse jumping show the first weekend where again um, horses and uh, their mounts can take home up to $10,000 in prize money there as well. Um, And all of this is produced by the Red River Exhibition Association we're here 365 days a year and do lots of different kinds of events out at Red River Exhibition Park.
0: Do you still have the chickens that play tic-tac-toe? No. Okay. How long has it been for that? Probably a long time.
10: More than 20 years, but <laughs> we, we need <laughs> you to come out again. And, uh, <laughs> I'll be at tic-tac-toe in
1: the newsroom later on, Brad. How's that?
10: And don't forget food. We've got all kinds of great midway treats and things. Jerry's favorite mini donuts. Absolutely. And lots of people don't know this, but we would love for families to bring their own food. So bring your own picnic. Come on. What? don't
1: let me bring my food.
10: Bring it. Yeah. Bring your picnic. We have people who, you know, visit, make a stop at Safeway, bring their barbecue chicken and all of the fixings. We've got lots of picnic areas. Bring your water bottles. We encourage all of that. We really want Families to come out and enjoy the park for the day.
0: Our guest in studio, Jody Johnson, Communications and Marketing Manager for the Red River Exhibition. And we asked about the. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not a very nice person, I no, guess. No, you're not. There's something called the shark encounter. And I wanted to ask about that because. Greg's uh, favorite movie is Jaws, mm-hmm. and he loves open bodies of water. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> tell us about the shark encounter. What can yeah, you tell this us about is, it?
10: This is new, and uh, I'm excited to see it, too. Um, we have a fellow who's brought some sharks with him.
1: Pet <laughs> and, sharks. And, uh, what a novel idea.
10: <laughs> and uh, he's going to tell us all about the conservation efforts that are being made um, around the world to uh, keep sharks' environment um, safe. Uh, so we're excited to see that. It sounds like there's some... Audience participation in quotation marks. Hopefully, it's some safe audience participation. Yeah. If,
0: do, does it involve <laughs> but, uh, hey, Greg, hold your hand out. <laughs> I don't think it involves that. No,
1: at no, all. we'll keep
10: them safe. We'll keep them safe.
1: <laughs> There's a sand sculpture. This, uh, yeah, uh, this looks, guy Dale Murdoch. He
10: has been. Um, uh, Curating this pile of sand for the last couple of days and giving it some love, and I'm super excited to see what he's going to make out of this. But he uh, he's from Paris, at Dale Murdoch. But I think he's originally from Saskatchewan. Oh, if you yeah, ask
1: him okay. oh.
10: closely,
1: another reason to love him. <laughs>
10: And uh, But he's going to make something beautiful out of this huge pile of sand inside X place. And right next door to him are all of our creative arts um, categories. So we have quilt competitions, photo competitions and art competitions. And so again, trying to get the community involved in what it is that we do as a fair. So um, we have uh, lots of folks involved in those kinds of competitions and they just make some beautiful work and it's really neat to come and see. Uh, we have lots of volunteers in that area Demonstrating their skills as well. So, painters and sculptors and um, dollhouse miniature makers and all kinds of interesting things going on.
0: Also, want to point out here as well I see on the expressway page uh, 17 in your pamphlet here. Uh, and This is uh, the food trucks and more. Bring your appetites. You're in for a delicious ride. And uh, right there is our friends from Torque Brewing. What's happening there? Yeah,
10: they sure have stepped up this year, and we're so pleased to welcome them um, as our only craft beer option at the Red River X. So uh, you can come and enjoy uh, a beer from Torque, and they've created a funhouse tavern uh, for us um, right next to our, our Red Barn stage. So you That's can what come that and is. And, and,
0: I saw and, that on social media, and I was yeah. wondering, what is going on there? Yeah,
10: you can um, enter to win a fridge. He's going to give away a bar fridge a day as well. So they've really done some neat things for us, and we're really pleased to have um, that local brewery involved.
1: Now, Brett's been doing arm curls every morning for the last three oh, weeks. Oh, awesome. He's getting ready for yep. Saturday's big arm wrestling competition. Yeah.
10: Can you imagine arm wrestling at the X? We've got a Highland Games demonstration as well. Um, really something for everyone, and 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 it goes to show um, the diversity of our community and uh, just trying to get everyone involved um, in the activities that are going on. We have two fireworks uh, shows coming up, one uh, uh, Saturday and then the second one the following Saturday. Bring your dad for Father's Day because we've got um, free gate admission and a free pancake breakfast from 10.30 till 11.30 this do, Sunday. Do my
1: kids have to sit and watch me eat the pancakes? Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Free sure. just for the dads, right?
10: <laughs> everyone. Free oh, every for everyone. Genius. I know. Yeah. And then uh, again, we, re- we repeat it again next Sunday. So um, the final Sunday as well, June 24th, free admission and free pancake breakfast oh, from sad. 10.30 till 11.30.
0: I'm going to win this that uh, arm wrestling contest. I'm going to go over the top. Saturdays uh, <laughs> beginning July fourteenth. I see you have something else. I know it's not part of the actual Red River Exhibition happening June 15 to 24, but what's uh, the farmer's markets that you're getting oh, ready Oh, yeah,
10: for? that happens all summer. So as you say, starting July 14th, from Saturdays from 9 until 2, uh, we do have a farmer's market out at Red River Exhibition Park and it services that part of West Winnipeg. We find that people come from uh, that sort of area of the city, which is great because uh, it is a little bit, you know, further out west, so lots of free parking, um, some great produce, uh, bakers, all kinds of great vendors um, throughout the summer until the end of September.
1: Good. And before we let you go, Jody, I just want to commend you and point out to folks that are uh, in the aerospace, agriculture, and agri-food, creative arts, business, and tourism. If you're going to school, the Red River X, uh, X the Red River X Foundation is doing some incredible work to help you go to school. That is really cool. Yeah, we give
10: away about 20 scholarships a year to those um, students in those um, industries. Um, And on Monday, actually, Monday evening, we do have a a celebration of agriculture that's happening, which celebrates all of our agriculture scholarship winners, our Farm Family of the Year, which is something we've been doing for over 60 years, and um, as well as the inductees into the Manitoba Agricultural Hall of Fame.
0: Jody Johnson, communications and marketing manager for the the Red River, exhibition. Redverex.com is the website. It runs tomorrow to June 24. Jody, thanks for the visit.
10: Thank you, guys.
1: I feel so cultured every time we bring in this next guest. Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra presenting a special event next week. It's a variety show featuring many talented Winnipegers. The show is free, but you need to reserve your tickets in advance. Brett McGarry, Greg Macklin with you till
0: 10 o'clock, along with one of our top five favorite guests, Brett. WSO music director Alexander Micklethwaite. He's going to tell us about that show and so much more. There's all kinds of neat stuff happening. If you just go to WSO.ca, you'll find all the details. But we do want to start with the community uh, celebration. And this event that's happening next week. So, Alexander, first of all, hello and welcome hello. back. nice Thank to you. see you.
12: It's great to be here. So, You're this event happening next week, this
0: variety show featuring many talented Winnipeggers, is one you just told us about. One surprisingly high-profile <laughs> musician that we had no idea that there was this hidden talent.
12: So, yeah, I mean, since a while we do that show first of all, as it's like um, almost like a tradition now to have Manitob- made in Manitoba where I'm trying to find or we're trying to find those hidden gems that nobody thinks would actually stand on a stage and play an instrument or conduct or sing. So here now, uh, <laughs> I got in touch with Gail Asper. And Gail Asper is, of course, the driving force between behind the um, U- M- Museum of Human Rights. I think everybody knows her somewhere somewhere. And um, she is extremely fun and smart and wonderful. And she's a singer. So she sang several times already music theater for the uh, Manitoba Theater Center. And I kind of knew that someone in the back of my head. So I was like, gosh, in my last year, in my last month, in my last two weeks, I would like that you sing for the symphony. And it took some arm twisting and some, some, well, nice talking. But it was, we finally... (laughs) um, I got her. So, it's, yes, this is this Tuesday, and it will be extremely fun.
1: So where is that going to take place? I mean, Gail Asper, known as a patron of the arts, and now to be at the front on stage to be performing, I think this is something a lot of people would be very interested in experiencing. So where can where can we see this show? Well, this will be
12: at the Concert Hall. It's our free um Kind of, I think it's free. This Tuesday, it's free. It's free. You, you just Thank made you. it free.
1: It was seventy five dollars ahead. Now it's free. <laughs> Alexander says so, but you do have to reserve your
12: seats. All right, here we go. So, and um, we have several other co- actually winners of of um, competitions of the city. Um, play some beautiful classical music, and then Gail Asper. So just check that out if you have nothing to do Tuesday evening.
0: Now, you've also got something coming up on the 27th, and you're quite excited about it because you're going to be, you're not going to be in the concert hall. You're, you're stepping out into a spot you have wanted to
12: play at but haven't yet? Well, that's the thing. So we kind of think, we thought uh, this year, I mean, there's so much stuff always going on in the summer you just had um, Red River X. I mean, this is fun stuff, you know. But they're, they're, we, we really do the real, just classics, only classics. Just you kind of, you, you the day before you Red, Red River X, you kind of get your, whatever, you do your roller coaster, and then you say, okay, I just need some zen. I just need to calm down, <laughs> check, <laughs> check something else. And so, yes, Knox United. Never conducted there in 12 years. I'm so excited. 150 years old church, as you know. Um, Wednesday in a week, so the 27th. Dvorak, 8th Symphony. This beautiful, beautiful romantic piece. And then we have the Saint-Saëns Cello Concerto with our principal cellist, Yuri Hooker. And we're opening the concert with the World Village Gospel Choir and the symphony. Wow. So it's something that, well, it's a real counterpoint. So everything else that's happening in the city.
0: And Knox United Church, where is that again, Greg? We just talked about this with the jazz oh, you're festival.
12: Challenging me now, and
1: is I can't. Is it in Edmonton? Uh, I want to say it's in Edmonton, <laughs> but I don't think it is. We're going to have to do some Google foo here. So uh, why don't we 400 move on? Four Hundred Edmonton Street. Oh, good job, good job. Right, wow. I, right across from Central Park. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, it's uh, between. Uh, looks like between Ellis and uh, Sargent if I'm reading this correctly, and uh, yeah, just a beautiful facility. That's great, and that's, you guys, the WSO has always found really great spots to to play at. I seem to recall uh, you did one at the Pan Am Pool, which must have, oh, yeah. were you
12: there for that? Yeah, I organized that. And how was that? Oh, Pan Am Pool was like two years ago, it was insane. I mean, it'd be because, you know, we were not allowed to turn the, like, simple stuff, the lights down. There was like a security so but what do you do with lights on I mean what magic do you create so we got them at the end that that at the end the guy even crawls up in the space to like manually takes the light down because they are so excited so it was off the lights and the it all blue and like fog on the on the water anyway so that was a while ago, though. <laughs> I know it was a while, but you did. The,
0: the point I'm getting at is, you did that. We did there that. Was the basement at the Hudson's Bay downtown. Yes,
12: that was also awesome. So, so,
0: so the WSO w- isn't just the concert hall; they're no. playing all over the place.
12: So, actually, this this weekend we have this whole thing: WSO Symphony in the City, and go online. It's on wso.ca. We have those little pop-up bands, like Hildonan Park and at the malls and just little groups. I was like, all right, again, you kind of want to get stuff done during the day, but then just take a moment, you know, and have this moment of peace and and beautiful music. And that's what we're trying to give to Winnipeg.
1: Now, some people might be surprised to hear your voice because as uh, many of us know, you have already started working with the Oklahoma City Symphony Orchestra. So... What's the deal, man? How You were holding down two jobs, <laughs> double dipping here. <laughs> I mean, we're glad. We're glad that you're not completely gone. We're not trying to get rid of you, but you must be busy right now.
12: Well, I am. Um, I think my, my last interview here with you guys. So it's my last two weeks. It's really, really exciting. For sure, and this is the last two weeks. That's it. This is it. July 1st is the last concert. Boy, Boom. Oh boy. That's it. Can we go back a decade?
1: Please. We're going to go back 10 years. Mm-hmm. Brett, do you remember this? Do you live in Canada? Yes. And do you live in Winnipeg? Yes. Are you uh, in politics? Are you in public service? Uh, w- have you been in the news in the last two weeks? No. Was this a, a story about business? No. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you act publicly? No. Uh, That was the final. It was the final. uh, What? What competition? I guess part of uh, Talk Idol back in October of two thousand and eight. And oh Alexander God. was the mystery guest. I asked, uh, it must have been three dozen yes or no questions, <laughs> and I could not figure out who he was. I was so embarrassed by the time all was said and done. So our relationship got off to that an inauspicious so beginning, that Alexander. That. that is awesome. This was still in the old building. <laughs> that was in the old building. And it's uh, still to this day one of uh, the highlights of anything I've ever done in my life, let alone in broadcasting. But come so. on.
12: I mean, also, what a, I mean, this is hard, I think. that like, You usually don't think about that. Like person, You know what I mean? It's like there are so many other topics. You know what,
1: man? You are uh, one of the most high-profile people in the city, and I still beat myself up for not being able to figure <laughs> out who that is. And, I, and my favorite question I ever got to answer you was about a year later was about the most high-profile person you have in your cell phone, and I think the answer was Henry Winkler. How do you remember
12: that? I just do. <laughs> I just thought about this today, actually, yesterday. It's like, oh, my God, yeah, Henry Winkler was on my phone, the phones. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Has that changed now
1: that you know you're an OKC? No, have you got any I basketball players in your phone maybe He's now? not in
12: there anymore because I did work with him in the LA Philharmonic at that time. And he, we got along really well. We exchanged recipes. And seriously. And then he wanted to send me something. Here's my here's my here's my, here's my email and stuff. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a while ago. <laughs> what recipes did you exchange? Well, it was a Christmas show. And I told him about it at LA Phil, and I told him about the Christmas Stollen, the, the German thing. And he told me about some whatever, something that his wife makes, <laughs> seriously, some really funny conversation. And he wanted to send me that, and yeah. He just
1: seems like the sweetest, most genuine he was person. so sweet. Yeah. Like, so honest. So well, authentic. Yeah. Really well, fun. we hope that we're not losing you for good, Alexander. We just, uh, you've been such an incredible part of the landscape of Winnipeg. And, and I know you consider yourself a Winnipegger now. And uh, just all the best in your future That's endeavors. So nice. Thanks for everything you've done for
0: Thank us. Thank you. Honestly. And it means
12: a lot. Thank you, guys.
0: WSO.ca for details on Symphony in the City, which is on from June 16 to 27. The free community celebration is on Tuesday, June 19th at the Concert Hall. Symphony at the Knox United Church, that's on June 27th. And don't forget, part of Jazz Festival, the Brothers Landreth in concert with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra June 20th at the Concert Hall. So the symphony's got all kinds of fun stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks and all season, really, but the next couple of weeks, particularly jam-packed. Alexander Micklethway joining us live, I guess, for the last time with Mackling and McGarry on CJOB. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Thanks to Behind the last jerry and chanelie vidal and thank you for listening to cjob